Hi, welcome to One More Dig Metal Detecting Stories. I'm Dave Sponenberg. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving this past Thursday. We sure did. I spent time with uh, just the five of us in the house. We had a, a really nice time. Started some um, Christmas traditions. We put up our tree and um, we'll be decorating that today. I hope everyone ate a lot of turkey. I sure did, that's for sure. I also did a lot of dishes. Um, but anyway, so I have a couple of things I want to talk about quickly until we get to today's topic, which is, I call it givebacks, um, detectress finding items, usually jewelry, but finding items that um, they can identify the owner and returning them. Um, but first, I, uh, I just wanted to share that I found a crotobel last week, and I'm sure most of you know what a crotobel is. It's essentially a sleigh bell, and it, um, the one I found was brass and dated back to about 1800. And it's the first one I've ever found fully intact, and it's the first one I ever found that had the, the iron ball in the middle that was not rotted away and once I cleaned the mud out of the inside of the bell it rang and it was very cool it's one of my favorite finds I think um, you know you found crotobels occasionally I mean it's not something that is you know so rare that that you don't find them but I've in all my years I've never found one that was fully intact and rang. I posted it on a couple group Facebook group pages, um, pages for uh, to, for folks to look at. But yeah, that was one of my f favorite finds ever. I think. Um, and I have a weather report here in New Hampshire, and we have snow on the ground, or at least up. I live in a little bit of higher elevation. Um, in the city, there isn't snow, but up up higher up where I live. Um, the ground's covered with snow and it's 31 degrees and it feels like 23 with the wind chill and it's been consistently below freezing every night. I think my season may be over um, unless we get a little bit of a thaw here. I haven't tested to see if the ground's starting to freeze. I'm gonna probably go out today and stick a shovel in the ground and see. I don't mind going in, you know, a half inch of snow as long as I can dig. So if I can dig, um, I might sneak out later today or tomorrow. But that's pretty much all the, uh, all the updates I'll lead right here into the um, stories. And I just want to thank so many people sent in um, their stories on finding items and returning them. I, it was overwhelming, and I, I thank everybody. Um, I might even have to do another show or maybe even just have like a segment um, each episode where I tell a, a quick story. They're generally very quick. Um, I have six of them, six of them today, and uh, most of them are quick. The, the final one is an amazing story. It's a little bit longer. 
Um, but it's really, really a great story. And I just, I just want to thank everybody who has returned items that they were able to identify. It gives detectorists in the hobby um, a good name. And everyone that we do that for, you know, you give up one find you've made out of a hundred thousand and you make one person happy and they tell their friends and they tell their friends and it really helps um, how people perceive, perceive what we're doing. So I think that's, uh, I think that's really great. I have, I'll start with my story. I didn't even intend on, on this, but I hunt on a, on a property um, where it's, the family who lives there now has lived there since 1960. And they bought the property. They came up from Boston in the late 50s. I guess they've been, I think it's yeah, late 50s, early 60s. And they, uh, they came up from Boston. And I think um, there were several kids and some of them were college age. I think one stayed back and was a school teacher, or I think she was a school teacher in Boston or in Cambridge, something like that. Um, I'm almost positive school teacher, but anyway, um, you know, I've hunted there many, many, many times, and I one day dug in a really trashy area, and I dug up this. Um, it was like a little placard, like a, it was tin. And it probably was from the seventies or something. It looked, it looked to me and it, um, had the name of the sister and her address in Boston. And it was really cool or in Cambridge. And it was really, really cool. I couldn't imagine what it came off of. Maybe like some sort of a journal or something it had raised letters and, uh, it was sort of goldish, yellowish intent, and so I I returned it to the to the landowner, and she had long since passed. But the whole family really, really enjoyed receiving that, and uh, just talking about what it what might it have come off of, and so you know I it wasn't a valuable item at all except for to them. And so I was really, uh, really kind of neat um, giving it back to them. But let's, uh, let's move on to stories from listeners. I have a couple from the Longhouse Treasure Hunters, actually, and one's from Lumpy, who actually requested that I do, um, that I host an episode talking about this topic. Um, like I said, a lot of people, the people who do return items are very proud of it and, you know, feel good. And, and, uh, and sometimes folks are offered rewards and I think that's great. And sometimes they're offered rewards and give them back. And sometimes they aren't offered rewards, but I think, you know, whatever, whatever you feel right is right is right. And, uh, so it's always, uh, 
kind of a fun thing to do to to give these back. So these stories are in the listeners' words. So I'm going to read them. Um, and if there's any grammar issues, I'll try and correct it as I go so I don't sound, uh, I don't know, abbreviated, I guess. Um, but here we go. So here we go, Lumpy. Lumpy lives in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, by the way. Um, he's a past team leader of the Longhouse Treasure Hunters as well. Um, so I'm going to read this verbatim. Clark and I were doing a late fall school hunt in rural Schenectady County, New York. We were hunting a high school soccer field sideline when I found a huge size 15 class ring. The ring was not precious metal and had his high school activities on the exterior of the ring. Bowling and band, as I remember. His initials were engraved on the inside of the band. I took the ring home, had it cleaned, wrapped it, and mailed it to the superintendent of that high school. A few days later, I got a call from the superintendent, a very nice lady, and she explained to me that this young man had no father in the picture, comes from a very meager household, and was a very well-liked student. She got the ring, read the letter that I included, and had the young man announce, announce to come to the principal's office. He was terrified, especially when they asked him about his class ring. He said he believed that it was stolen from his locker. He was shocked when the principal handed the ring to him and gave him the note that I had included. He had, to he had told his mother that it was stolen from his locker too. He called me that night and thanked me for returning it. Also spoke to his mom, who also thanked me. That's a great story, Lumpy, and thanks for sharing it with me. I don't remember ever hearing that in any of our uh, meetings or trips. So... Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. Our second story is from Vince in Summerland Key, Florida. Thanks a lot, Vince, for submitting this. Um, again, in his words, a couple lost their ring after the ceremony on the beach. Shortly after the beach cleaner came and re relocated it about a quarter mile down the beach. This hampered finding it. I was hunting the beach and found it. I placed an ad on Craigslist. A local Ring Finder member saw my ad and had already communicated with a couple. I received an email about the lost ring. I sent the photo and it was a match. They were so happy. It had been weeks since it was lost. I mailed the ring to them and it was delivered to the wrong address. Thankfully, the receiver knew the right address and delivered it. That is a great story. I love it. Um... There's always some sort of twist and turn, like the the beach cleaner combed over it and it went to the wrong address. And but in the end, this one worked out good, and the uh, the owner got it. And thanks to Vince's generosity, um, there's a happy couple out there. And uh, thanks again, again, Vince, for submitting this story. I appreciate it. All right. The next story is from Earl, who is also a member of the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. And his story goes like this. In 1980, Earl and Kirk were metal detecting in Washington Park in Albany, which is a huge park um, in the middle of Albany. And Earl found 
a gold football engraved with R. Beeble. Um, it said LSI champions. And it had the date 45 to 46 champions. And it was a beautiful gold pendant. I think it was 14 carat. Um, and it, it was just a really nice, a really nice thing to find. Um, Earl said he can't remember what year he called, but he looked up in a phone book and found um, a Beeble in the capital district at, at random and it was it turned out to be um the brother of r beeble who he found out was robert beeble hence r beeble on the football earl was able to get the contact information for robert beeble and gave him a call and chatted about the item and where he found it and uh Robert indicated that he had lost it years and years and years ago, um, probably back in high school period. LSI, it turns out, was LaSalle Institute, and which was a high school in, in Albany. Um, after the conversation, Earl mailed the football to Robert Beeble, and uh, in turn, Robert sent... Earl a check for $50, which Earl subsequently returned. There are a lot of pictures um, of this football. The club uh, talked about it regularly, and uh, it was just a great find. It was really nice for Earl to, to chase down the owner and, and give it back and probably drummed up some memories of his from, from high school and... Uh, I chose that story because I, I was 10 years old when Earl found it, and uh, I remember the whole story uh, pretty vividly, and uh, it was just a good story, and it was a really, really pretty pendant. Um, so thank you, Earl, for submitting that. I appreciate it. Um, the next submission is from a detectorist named Dan in Cobleskill, New York. Thanks, Dan, for, for sending this. My brother went to Cobleskill, um, graduated in, I think, the mid-2000s somewhere. But uh, I'm not sure if he went there, but, but he went to school there. And uh, Dan, um, back in July, a gentleman had lost a medallion given to him by his father, and it was lost at a CBA football field. The entire team had looked for it the night it was lost, which was a Thursday, and had multiple people with detectors looking from Friday to the following Sunday, July 4th weekend. That Monday, Dan had work off and drove the hour to the field, spoke with the groundskeeper to get an idea of where it was lost, and started searching. Within an hour, he was able to find the medallion and confirmed that his mother, with his mother, through a Facebook post, that it was the correct item lost. Waited about an hour for the gentleman to show up with his friends and returned it to him. And it was a beautiful St. Anthony medal. He, uh, he sent me a, a picture along with that and it was, uh, 
it was nice and it was a good story he drove an hour to come help out and uh good luck for metal detectors everywhere thanks a lot dan i appreciate your story um and keep on listening all of you please keep on listening to one more dig i appreciate it and uh on to the next this story was submitted by clark of the longhouse treasure hunters and i was hesitating to read it um because he did do a nice thing but it is very um well let me just read it and you can all make your own judgments it's sort of funny in a way and uh it's kind of like you know his his personality um you all or some of you may remember him from a uh podcast that i did earlier on where he was uh where he was on the uh on the show with me and we did sort of uh a reading of one of the Longhouse Treasure Hunter metal detecting trips. It was called A Visit from Clark. And actually, we're working right now on coming up with a date where we do another one of those. Uh, it was fairly popular and uh, a lot of fun to do. So we're working on uh, getting together and doing another sort of project together. I don't know if we'll read a read another uh, write-up of an outing and, and banter back and forth about it or, or what we'll do. But he'll be back. So here's... Um, sorry for the noise of my shuffling papers. Here is the uh, write-up from Clark of a give-back that, uh, that he was part of. I found a high school class ring on Virginia Beach, but there was no initials engraved in it. I found the contact info for the school and sent an email to the principal and main office. They replied that a girl had lost her ring there recently and was devastated and had not even told her parents yet. I mailed the ring to the school. They verified they received it, but I never got a thank you from anyone. It's a shame that young lady didn't have the manners to give a simple thanks. Moral of the story. Heck with them all, finders, keepers, losers, weepers, the end. So that was, <laughs> Clark had a bad experience being a nice guy there. Um, and it was a pretty good, pretty funny, I think. Um, I think he was a little tongue-in-cheek on that, but he is a little, uh, a little like that too. So thanks, Clark. I appreciate it. I'll see you on a future podcast. All right, this is the final um story it's fairly long and it is amazing so i hope you enjoy it this was submitted from phil in wildwood georgia and it's about a ring that was found in the little river on the top of lookout mountain which i assume that uh a lot of people in georgia will know what that where that is um here here it is in his words hi dave here's my ring story as promised Back in the 90s, I had a store in a small mountain town in northwest Georgia. It had a big front porch on it where people would congregate and talk, swap lies, etc. One day, I was sitting there listening to the banter when this older lady started talking about the local swimming hole 
in town and how during World War II, some of the men from town strung lights up at the swimming hole so people could swim at night. She talked how it used to be so crowded in the summer. When I asked a few questions to try to find the exact spot, another lady who had a shop next door left and came back with a picture of several women in those old bathing suits standing on the riverbank. There was no mistaking where it was and was less than a half a mile from where we were. I had been diving for years in Florida and had hunted all the lakes around central Florida. And when I moved to North Georgia, I kind of let my water hunting go. But this story got the fire burning again. I had a three-horse hookah set up, and I got out, tuned it all up, and my brother Steve and I went to the swimming hole and began our dives. I had a Tessero Stingray, and my brother had Noel Fisher Aquanaut. After about five minutes underwater, we laid the detectors on the bank and forgot about them. They went off literally everywhere you moved. Stuff was everywhere and lots of it. Over a period of about six dives, we got over 130 rings, most silver and gold, very few junk, all kinds of denominations of silver coins, including many 1940 half dollars. We later found out that during some event, they had thrown whole rolls of half dollars in for kids to swim down and find them. Well, they missed quite a few. Which brings me to the ring story. In the pile of rings were probably five or six class rings. One in particular was from a school on the north side of Atlanta. I contacted the school, found the guy, got a hold of him, and returned the ring. To say he was flabbergasted was an understatement. He offered all kinds of rewards, but I refused, as the story was payment enough for me. He told me that his girlfriend at the time was wearing it around her neck and lost it swimming. He said she felt terrible about it. They parted ways not long after. He said he was going to try to look her up. Fast forward a couple of months. I get an envelope in the mail with a small newspaper clipping. Wish I still had it. Telling the story of losing the ring, me returning it, and him finding her. To make the story even sweeter, he was recently divorced, and I think she was a widow. But they wound up getting back together, together over the ring. I returned three others, one to a lawyer in Rome, Georgia, the other two I can't recall, but do remember one person asking a million questions, almost implying that I had stolen it. Some people... Anyway, that's my story, only there's a sad ending to it. At the time, I was president of the Chattanooga Area Relic and Historical Association and had to conduct the monthly meetings. I had brought the rings to the club meeting to show had about a hundred on a long chain when I left the meeting that night. I had all the club materials we used to conduct meetings and with, with me. So I just wadded up those rings in a ball and stuck them in my pocket till I got to the car. I had just sold my daily truck that day and was driving a rental car. Those rings got to chafing my leg through my pants, so I pulled them out and stuck them in the console. Forgot about them when I turned that car back in. Didn't realize that I had done it till the next day. I called the company. No one had seen them. I went down there hoping to find the car and the rings, but the car had been cleaned and rented again, and no one fessed up to finding the rings. Talk about disappointment. I still have everything else, though. Gobs of coins, jewelry, etc. You can bet I'll be more careful next time if it arises. 
Anyway, that's my ring return story. Hope it helps you out. Take care, Phil. Phil, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard, metal detecting or otherwise. And thank you so much for sending it to me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your listening to the podcast. These were all great stories. And I may even open it up to uh, to some stories of just crazy finds and stories behind uh you know finding something that would be so unexpected to be to be where it's found or you know any sort of a a crazy um detecting story um but anyway remember you can contact me at omdstories at gmail.com if you have any any questions if you have any suggestions for different topics if you have any good return or give back stories if you have any other um stories that you just think people would laugh at or people would be really interested in um i'm happy to entertain talking about them um i guess that's it for this week i appreciate everyone listening and as always Remember to make one more dig. This has been One More Dig Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Sponenberg. Mm-hmm.